This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, April 8th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. The feds are mulling what a vaccine passport would achieve and if they should do it at all. One thing we do know, a massive government database that limits the movement of otherwise free Americans is a recipe for disaster. So if we value the mutually beneficial exchanges that such a certification might empower, and we don't want the feds in charge, what should it look like? Cato's Julian Sanchez and Jeff Singer comment. Julian, I want to begin with you here. People interact. People don't want to interact with certain people for certain reasons. And the prevalence of an infectious disease uh, with a high enough infection rate and mortality rate, if somebody is infected and certain populations are more susceptible to that sort of thing than, than others, um, it seems reasonable to want to have assurances among private parties that the person I'm dealing with is effectively protected from this virus and uh, to allow ourselves to engage in as normal a way as possible, although that seems a pretty distant memory right now. What do we need to do in order to have that? Well, so we already have, uh, you know, records uh, that, that individuals are given when they receive vaccines of those vaccinations. You've probably seen them on Instagram or Facebook or social media. When people get uh, one of the COVID vaccines, uh, they're given a, a little card uh, with a CDC logo and a, uh, a scribble of some information. And uh, so these are records people have to show, yes, I've been vaccinated, um, but they're not particularly secure. Uh, that is to say, anyone with a you know, a laser printer could knock out one of those things on cardstock. Um, so the question is, well, would it be desirable to have a record that was more secure, that was, for example, uh, cryptographically verified so that uh, you, know, you had uh, entities, uh, healthcare providers that had been allocated the vaccine that would have a cryptographic key they could be, use to authenticate, uh, you know, your name and the details of when you got the shot so that uh, you had a card or maybe a, a a file on your smartphone that had a QR code or a barcode that could be scanned um, that would have a kind of cryptographic proof that, yes, um, you really are the individual who um, this healthcare provider attests received the vaccine at such and such a date. Um, and I think, you know, that's a pretty easy question is, would it be desirable to be able to do that among private people? Yes. And I think that needs to be distinguished from the question of, um, well, when do we want this to be demanded? Uh, you know, uh, because I think it's very easy to start talking about vaccine passports and imagine a world where there's some sort of centralized government database of everyone who's gotten the approved medication and the government's going to decide uh, who can participate in all sorts of regular routine activities. Um, and that would be concerning, I think, for a lot of reasons. Um, but right, this the kind of systems that that uh, a lot of different groups are talking about developing um, don't really require anything like that. They don't require a central database of who got the vaccine. Um, they just require a sort of standard protocol for the healthcare provider to be able to securely and cryptographically authenticate that this record is real. Um, and then the record is something that is the, you know, essentially the property of the person who has it. It's something that is given to you the same way the, the current vaccine record is given to you. Uh, and then there are a separate set of debates, I think, to have about, um, well, under what circumstances uh, do we think it's desirable to have people asked to show this kind of uh, this kind of evidence? Um, but as long as you think there are some circumstances in which it is legitimate for a private entity to ask um, someone to demonstrate 
you know, reliably that, yeah, they're vaccinated, um, then whether it's a good idea to have that secure mechanism is, I think, a pretty easy question. You know, uh, whatever you think those circumstances are, nursing homes, cruise ships, gyms, scenarios where um, under the present circumstances, it's either not really possible to have them function at all or they have to function in a severely diminished way uh, if they can't reliably screen uh, and, and, and verify that, all right, everyone who's boarding this ship, everyone who's using this gym without a mask um, has, in fact, been vaccinated. Um, and then, you know, beyond whatever circumstances you approve of, there's a kind of policy debate about, well, is it desirable to have grocery stores asking this question? Um, but the separate question, do we like this? The idea of a mechanism for the for the proof, I think, is a separate question and one we can answer in the affirmative. All right, Jeff, every time I go to Costco... I have to flash a little card to walk in the door. And uh, I think people are accustomed to that. The difference here seems to be this is arguably private medical information, but it is medical information that gives uh, both customer entering the store the knowledge that everyone in that store is effectively protected from uh, potentially deadly illness. And it gives the store confidence that they can behave in a relatively normal way. What are the red flags there for you, if you see any? In principle, I don't see anything wrong with this. And in fact, since the 1930s, uh, people have been accustomed to what is they often call yellow cards, where th this is a, a vaccination certificate that you receive. It's uh, approved by the World Health Organization, by uh, the U.S. Health and Human Services. And uh, for example, when uh, I've traveled to parts of the world where I have to show proof, and I do with that card, that I've been immunized against yellow fever because yellow fever is endemic in that area. So, so the idea of this is, is I don't see anybody why anybody should have a problem. The problem is who owns the information. So uh, I, I think another important point is that in the case of yellow fever and also in the case of uh, the COVID vaccines, these vaccines are highly effective so that if you get vaccinated, um, for all intents and purposes, uh, you are immune and you are extremely unlikely to spread any virus to others. Um, I can't see how something like this would work with other vaccines. So for example, the common flu, when there's a, an outbreak of the flu, because the flu vaccines are not nearly as effective. So just because you've been vaccinated against the flu, that doesn't necessarily give... Uh, people a reassurance they'd want. So I think it would be applicable only to the kinds of immunizations where we feel really confident that immunization for all intents and purposes equals that you are safe. Yeah, it would be it would be different if you were the only person who was likely to suffer from not being vaccinated. Right? That would be right, that would be right. a very different situation. So Julian, you mentioned the fact that there is not a need for a central uh, database. There is only a need to determine certain information uh, to the satisfaction of uh, the private parties who are engaging in some transaction, be it shopping at a store or going to a concert or, so or something like that. And yet I see on social media this uh, pejorative, show us your papers, please. Uh, so in terms of, of drawing out those distinctions, I know you, you've, you've made mention of them uh, earlier, but can we draw out in very clear lines what is clearly necessary here and what are the things that we should say absolutely no way to? Sure. So, you know, the first thing to say is that 
um, you want to minimize the data that is stored on these kinds of records. So what is the relevant information uh, going forward? And we should you know, be a little bit forward looking and say, we don't know exactly how long these vaccines last. We think probably at least six months, but beyond that, you know, maybe a year, maybe two years, we don't know. We will learn as time goes on. Uh, we may come to discover that uh, you know, some of these vaccines lose efficacy after a certain amount of time. Uh, and so that may be relevant to judging how uh, sort of safe it is to let uh, people congregate who have not had a, a booster, let's say. Um, and it may be that we discover over time uh, that certain of the vaccines may be less effective against certain variants that start emerging. Um, and so uh, we want a system that is designed to have enough information to deal with those situations as they emerge, um, but no extraneous information, right? You don't want to be handing over your, you know, your, your private medical records to anyone uh, when you, you know, board a cruise ship or, or go to the gym. Um, so what kind of information is it reasonable to encode? Well, probably the same kind of information that is on the existing cards you get when you get a vaccine. So um, a person with a certain name uh, at a certain date received a certain type of vaccine from a certain batch. Uh, and the provider, the you know, there'll be some list of, of healthcare providers with their own cryptographic keys um, that will uh, effectively sign that information by encoding it with their cryptographic key, a private key, so that you can then use uh, public keys, so the, so the technical details aren't that important of how this works, but it's a way to have uh, a kind of a code or a barcode or a QR code um, on either a piece of paper or a screenshot um, that encodes that basic information and then lets someone verify that, yes, the information that was signed with the provider's private key matches this public information showing the date and the batch so that... Um, you know, the gym, the cruise ship, whatever can say, yeah, okay, we can see that this person, you know, was vaccinated in the past two years with a vaccine we know to be uh, viable against the, the strains that are currently of concern. And so um, it is safe to have this group of people present. Uh, and then, you know, beyond that, I think you, know, you would just have to say, all right, well, any information beyond that is not necessary. Um, and that is, you know, people have different sensitivities. But I think if that is all the information you're talking about, uh, you know, most people would say, well, if you're willing to attest, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm vaccinated to, um, to get in this crowded space, um, that that does not involve sharing a whole lot of additional information. Okay, Jeff, everyone just wants to have assurances that they can return to uh, life as it was in February of 2020. What do you recommend that either the White House or, I mean, to the extent that government ought to enable this sort of thing, what needs to happen? Well, if first of all, vaccinations uh, are so effective, we need to get as many people vaccinated as possible. Uh, I personally think that the sooner uh, we reach something that resembles herd immunity, uh, the, the quicker this infection starts to become just a little typical respiratory viral illness that pops up now and again, like we're accustomed to dealing with since the beginning of time. And the the entire uh, need for uh, a vaccine I prefer to call them vaccine certificates rather than passports I just I don't like that word passports because it controls movement but um, the the need for it becomes less urgent I mean it, it, I'm hoping in fact that by the time the way to do this is worked out it'll become a moot point we won't even need it and we'll just kind of drop the subject so that uh, what we need to do is just work hard at getting as many people vaccinated as possible. Another important point that that Julian alluded to is the, the importance of this being decentralized. In fact, that's the only way it could work because 
uh, it's not like a driver's license where, you know, it's good for five years and then you have to go renew it. Depending on the vaccine you received, uh, one, we may learn going forward that one vaccine lasts, has an efficacy that lasts longer than another. Uh, one vaccine may be effective against variants that are dominating in the country that you're going to travel to, whereas the other vaccine may not work well against those variants. So uh, when it's decentralized, the whichever party is interested in seeing your certification, it's, the onus is on them to determine which particular vaccines are acceptable to the place that you're going to. And of course, if you want to travel to a country, the onus is on you to contact whatever agency you need to contact to find out what vaccines work in your country. But but the point is, these are the kind of things that could only be workable on at the marginal level where the individuals concerned with it determine the priorities. Yeah, over and above the fact that there are uh, benefits to the individual with regard to privacy, having their information only be the exact relevant information necessary to the person who's asking for it. Um, the, the other benefit could be, hey, look, this vaccine has been shown to be less effective in this location um, or after this amount of time. And those people could be alerted to their need to uh, update themselves. That's correct. Julian. So, you know, I think the government should should operate with a pretty light touch here. Um, I, I don't think we want to move to a world where um, you know, the government is in charge of saying, you know, these are the activities for which one absolutely must, uh, you know, have a, a certification and you know, involve itself in policing that, except to the extent we may be you know, talking about things directly under the government's control, like visiting hours at a prison. Um, for example. But, you know, they do they may have a role here insofar as there are, I think, more than a dozen domestic uh, efforts at developing standards and protocols for uh, this kind of certification and, um, you know, even more internationally. Um, so to the extent the government is currently involved in uh, requiring providers that receive allocations of vaccine from the government to provide a vaccine record to people who get the shot. Um, that's already status quo, that they already are requiring, if you get vaccine allocation, you have to give people a record when they get it. Um, they could say, okay, of the you know many standards out there, we could say, um, here are various acceptable standards for encoding that information so that everyone knows um, these are the ones that people are going to get when they get the shot and say, all right, if you are a provider who's giving the shot, you must make available if someone wants it either a paper record or a digital form, um, or, you know, ideally both. Um, and, you know, these are the sort of the, the, the abstract standards that are acceptable so everyone can kind of be on the same page as to how the protocol works. Uh, and beyond that, I think, you know, they should, they should remain pretty hands-off and let, uh, you know, private entities and municipalities determine um, when it is appropriate to say, well, this is this is a service or a function for which um, we think we want to ask uh, for this, and this is a, a a function which either it's not necessary, or in fact we're just going to maintain you know, sort of the current everyone's masked and distanced um, scenario, and that people will make different decisions about that. Jeff Singer and Julian Sanchez are senior fellows at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>